Hi everybody, welcome to uh, this week's podcast. I had a little bit of a break last week um, because I was off work and I just decided I'm just going to have a bit of a break. So sorry about that, no episode as of last week. And also I have been promising for a while to um, to be doing this episode um, interviewing uh, a really good old friend of mine, an amazing musician, artist, um, and we finally got it together this week. So uh, early this evening, well, it was quite late in the evening actually, but um, it'll have been post putting the kids to bed for him, I would have thought. But yeah, we had a chance to just uh, go over, you know, talk about some old times and uh, talk about some of the stuff he's doing at the moment and everything in between. It's um, it's quite a long one, which is great, and um, lots of uh, lots of funny things as well. So, um, yeah, sit back and enjoy. So this was my first uh, interview ever with anybody that I've actually ever done. Uh, I mean, and we were discussing it before the podcast and she was saying, we well, must have interviewed people at work. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like a proper interview where you actually ask somebody questions. So forgive me if it's... Um, yeah, from a bit useless at points, but uh, and we did it over FaceTime, so there's a bit of a delay in time, and you got that weird thing you like you have with FaceTime where you kind of if you talk over each other, you end up not quite hearing what each other's saying. But I think it's turned out pretty well. So uh, yeah, sit back and enjoy my interview with uh, my old mate Stuart McCallum. Yeah, yeah it's recording now. <laughs> <laughs> right, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. One, <laughs> two, one, two, three, four. I was a bit ahead there. That was good. Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, I was ahead of where. It, anyway, so I apologise. I was a bit excited, a bit nervous. I'm sure it'll it'll <laughs> it'll all be fine. Um, so right, this is, this is actually take two, which take is two, yeah. um, in I, classic I, form. I forgot to press record, rather foolishly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was going to ask you like lots of questions in a bit about um, technology and Pro Tools and computers. And of the two of us, I would have definitely put money on me being the one to not be pressing record. I um, I'd have put money on you being super pro. <laughs> yeah. Do do not let uh, do not let the amount of technology that I have fool you into my ability to use it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's great to see you. Um, Lovely these, to see you too, yeah. Yeah, it's um, strange times as we live in. I uh, don't want to make too many references to to what's going on at the moment because this obviously will go down in history as probably my greatest ever podcast. Uh, and my, first <laughs> ever, <laughs> my first ever interview of any human being, which is um, an amazing thing, really. So um, on this On this podcast... No, in my whole life. Really? I've never interviewed anybody in my whole life, no. so um, Not even at work? Maybe... Well, no, I mean, they're like, you know, like that's... Like in a, in a non-formal setting, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, like a personal, you know, talking to somebody about their life and about their influences and about how they influence other people and about music and bit about drums and drummers that you've worked with and drums, all yeah. interesting stuff. Oh, yeah, drums. I'm a frustrated drummer. I think I've always wanted to be a drummer. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're you're good. You're very groovy. You've got like a really great pocket, and you you know you've got that kind of seventies kind of baggy sound. You know, loose. <laughs> very generous. Baggy, baggy and loose in inverted commas. Yeah, sound just like a guitarist playing drums. Yeah. Well, you want to hear me play guitar? In fact, <laughs> I've got my guitar here, wow. and it's it. I was trying to play it yesterday, and it's like I haven't actually got. I don't think I've got sausage fingers, but I just couldn't get like one of the strings to resonate because my fingers are so fat. They're just like dampening the string, you know. Right. Sat there thinking, what am I doing wrong here? You know, I can't play I the guitar, by the way. So, yeah. You've always so, wanted to play guitar, though, haven't you? Always had, yeah. the, had that little hankering for a bit of six string action. Yeah, yeah. My dad bought me a guitar. Um, I think it was because I was talking about drums so much when I was <laughs> like eight, nine, you know, I was going yeah. on about it. And uh, he, so he saw dad, the vision of, it, of your future years ahead of you. Yeah. So I don't want that, <laughs> don't want that noise in my house. That was exactly, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like this, this, there's no kind of, uh, there's no hope in any aspect of um of a drum future so he bought this guitar and uh and then he just like played it um all the time <laughs> right could <laughs> like, never get on it never i could never get on it he yeah. just was like dicking about this guitar you know he wasn't playing anything but he was just kind of and i was like sat bemused and i just had no interest in it then but uh but you know it's something maybe I that have. was his that was his plan all along maybe might it's like, do you know what? I really fancy a guitar. How can I get? How can I get away with getting one? Right, I'll buy one for Dave. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that probably was exactly <laughs> what was going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's an interesting story behind that guitar, which I'm not going to tell in this um, episode, but uh, it came to a quite a grisly end in London. <laughs> um... <laughs> well, that sounds fascinating. I want to know yeah. what happened. Yeah, it involved an air pistol basically um, <laughs> that's um this story couldn't get any more weird but it's it's genuinely true involved <laughs> <laughs> an air pistol a bag of sausages and two bites of cream <laughs> <laughs> i wish it did oh dear so um so anyway yeah I've, i have always been a bit of a frustrated guitarist and i've uh listened in my life to a lot of piano players and guitarists um in those kind of order, lots of Jarrett and lots yeah. of Scoey and Matheny and Frizzell and all those <coughs> people, and um, and also you know British guitarists like yourself and Mike Walker and Mike Outram, and, you know lots of there's lots of great players around, um, yeah. but yeah this is kind of uh, this is about you really not about me so I'm gonna gonna kind of probe into a, a a few questions uh, for you about your well it's like interested in your early years because we I, I think were you about 17 when we met or was you a little bit older than that and I, I knew you were kind of around yeah I, I can't I kind of can't quite remember but yeah 17 18 that kind of age yeah yeah, yeah I did I mean I don't know if I met you at night and day at one of them jam sessions yeah because yeah I would have been 17 then yeah. yeah, lots of hair. Way too much hair. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, but we both had way too much yeah. hair actually in very different ways. Yours was kind of vertical, 
in all, in all, di- in all mine, was, mine was expansive <laughs> and yours uh, was, paid no yeah. no heed to gravity, whereas yours was very much, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, very much pulled towards the earth by gravity. Yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. gravitational hair for sure. Yeah, yeah. Was, um, but yeah, and, and you were kind of. Um, you were sort of hanging out at that jam. I didn't really, wasn't really part of, because um, I sort of came back to Manchester and I wasn't really involved in that scene that much. It was like this PJ Bell scene and then there was this night and day jazz jam scene, which was like like you and Milo Fell, John Thorne. I mean, it wasn't really me. I guess like, I think it was, wasn't it Richard Weatherall, Milo yeah. and John were like the house band, right? And Yeah. And I passed my driving test and I was like, okay, I can get this jam. I remember getting there at like eight o'clock on like the first time I went. Didn't start yeah. till like half eleven, so I just sat in night and day just going, <laughs> well, I need to go to school tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> I hope it starts soon. Yeah. With a pint uh, of lager in your hand, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't drink back no. then. Yeah. No? Yeah. Very strict, very clean living, young man. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. It was good. It was amazing just meeting all those people there. I mean, what a, what a look, you know, just that's where I bumped into Mike Outram and then he was like, oh, do you want to come around my house and I'll just hang out for a bit and I'll show you some stuff. And I was like, amazing. So uh, I did that. I didn't know that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, he was so kind to me and so generous, really. It was just, it was amazing. It was just like, because yeah. he, he lived in, um, what was it, Caddishead or Rayland or something and he just said, oh, yeah. which is like just like outside of Manchester. And he said, "Oh, come, just come round for the day and just hang out, and we'll play guitar." And yeah, brilliant. It is ace. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like um, somebody I used to play with a lot was Frank Grime. Uh, oh yeah, because yeah, Frank played there a lot as well. Didn't he? Yeah, and Frank and Mike. So Mike was one of those people that um, I never got to play with in Manchester because by the time I was kind of getting into the scene, he just moved to London, which was yeah. like ninety six ish right um, was it that early yeah i'm not sh- i'm not sure mm. i just remember that kind of the time when i kind of got back into playing jazz was was around that sort of 96 ish 97 time and frank was always going on to me about this guy mike outram you know yeah and uh and and then he kind of went to london uh and then I, but i knew that you and him had been kind of uh, you'd been hanging out a bit and you know Doing a bit of, um, and then there was was the sort of Mike was Mike Walker involved in night and day, with uh, well with sort of studying. Did you? Yeah, I mean, so when I had Mike Outram, well, I didn't have him. You know, he just uh, showed me, gave me a few lessons, and showed me a bit of stuff. And he said, "Oh, you should go to see Mike Walker." And right. um, so I did. I got a lesson with Mike at his house. Right. Uh, and then ended up going to uni and getting Mike to be my teacher there so I had Mike for a couple of years before he went to he went to Germany to be professor of something or other guitar I think uh, some place in Germany and then I then had John Ellis as my last year kind of one-to-one tutor which was great just hung out for a bit I mean John's like a massive hero of mine really so you know is it like a real like leading figure in the Manchester music scene in the and I remember watching him when I was young and just being totally blown away and still feel a bit like that about him now just for, you know it's just like fairly mind-bogglingly beautiful human yeah. being a musician 
yeah. you know, generous to a fault and incredible, you know, great person. Yeah, amazing, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, I don't get to play with him much, but um, he's just one of those people that you, I mean, in fact, I was thinking about him today because um, I remember years ago I was trying to get into write, writing songs, you know, and John sung the first song that I ever wrote. And, uh, Did he? Wow. Yeah, yeah, but it was kind of. Uh, but I, when I was wanted that? To, that was um, two thousand and three, something right. like that. Yeah, sort of that. Yeah, I think so. Around that. Interesting. Time. I never knew that. Yeah. So. Uh, Should play it on the was, podcast. Yeah. It, well, he didn't end up. With, in fact, I've still got a mix of it with John yeah. singing it actually, yeah. and then uh, but it ended up with a guy called Paul Bentley singing it. All um, right. Because okay. um, I wanted a more of a gospel-y kind of voice than but John's more sort of solely folky kind of. Uh, it's, I just it's just beautiful, John. But the thing I love about John, I was thinking about it today, is he's one of those people when he sings, he he sounds like him when he's speaking. You know. He's, yeah. There's nothing effect affected. He's just got this like it's very natural. Yeah. So it's like, and, and when you speak to him as a as a human being, he's so he's such a beautiful human being. It's so funny and interesting, and it's what he's like when he plays piano, though, isn't it? It's the same kind of thing. It's just kind of pours out of him this kind of hugely kind of uh, community based. Uh, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like he's just yeah. there for everyone, and he like when he's playing music or when he's just been a person, you know, out in the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Same. No, no. And it's like he's another one of those people that sort of you thinking about like how people develop, which mm. is what I was gonna I was gonna talk today really about with you, with yourself um, about different things that you know the way sort of an individual develops when you know them over quite a long period of time. Yeah. Um, John's one of those people where like I knew him as this amazing piano player, just this kind of amazing musician, and he had the big bang, didn't he? And did mm. you play? Or that, or Mike was in that, wasn't he? I think I did. I depth what on one gig. It was a bit of a disaster for me, but um, yeah. <laughs> one of those. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's one of them. You just disasters. get completely roasted. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, oh god, <laughs> too many heavyweights in this band. They're all really good, and I'm really rubbish kind of situation, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was one of those. It was one of those projects, wasn't it? Where it kind of summed John up, you know. Yeah. As, um, and then and then there was that. I remember going to watch him at Band on the Wall. And then the thing that I was most blown away by was his singing, because mm. I just didn't know that he sung, you know. And I think he'd it's only just do, got into. He'd be lovely and stuff, didn't he? That tune, remember that? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. sports car granny, that was one, wasn't it? <laughs> do you remember that one? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, great memories. And great yeah. tunes. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah one of those people where you kind of think about how they've developed and and that's kind of like what I was thinking about because obviously I knew I was going to speak to you today and mm. I was writing some questions down and um, there was sort of in no order really but uh, the the first thing obviously because a lot of people that listen to this all the seven or eight amazing audience that I've got globally um, <laughs> are, are generally drummers. Um, so one of the first things I was going to ask you about, because it sort of leads on to lots of really interesting things about, you know, about your sort of wider career, really, and sort of development of you, you know, as a, as a sort of artist more than just a guitarist, um, mm. was just kind of just talking a bit about the drummers that you've worked with uh, and how 
how they've sort of influenced you at the, at the time and, and sort of ongoing, really. Um, yeah. And I was kind of mainly thinking, um, I mean, I was going to sort of include myself, but that's kind you of... You definitely, absolutely should, yeah. It's not really that interesting. What's more interesting is um, is other people uh, like yeah. Mikey and then Luke, obviously Flowers, yeah. and and sort of more recently Richard Spaven, who's like um, this kind of amazing artist, you know, producer, writer, drummer, all that. He's just uh, yeah. who's doing who's doing loads of like working with loads of amazing people. You've been kind of involved with him, so I was yeah. really interested in sort of talking about those. And I know, like you know, you know, you and Mikey have had this long, interesting relationship, um, as everybody does with Mikey. Such a, yeah. a kind of, uh, you know. I mean, I, I, Mikey was the first person that I met really because my first guitar teacher used to play in a band with him. Yeah. With him and a, a bass player called Sylvan Richardson's bass player. Yeah. And yeah. Mikey and Sylvan used to play together all the time, and I remember, yeah, Mikey was just. I mean, he's. A real one-off kind of musician, isn't he? And uh, drummer, yeah. musician, composer, but very adamant about doing his own thing. And I think that really, that was kind of my first like major kind of like, you know, just getting. I'd take him, kind of, four-track recordings that I'd done at my home, and my parents, yeah. and play them to him like in the break of the gigs. And he'd be kind of listening to them like super intently, and then yeah, 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 like this, you know, yeah, and uh, <laughs> like yeah, man, yeah, yeah, you just got to do your thing, do your thing, you know. It's like it was very yeah. intense, and it's like, but amazing, really. And I did the, f- I ended up playing a tune with that with the band, my guitar. He said, oh, "Why don't you bring this tune down and play it with the guys?" So I was like fifteen, playing with Mikey wow. and Sylvan. It's like, wow, it's a bit of a roast, but amazingly, yeah, amazing. Uh, experience so that was kind of my first thing and I've worked with Mikey I've not really worked with Mikey for quite a long time now no but um, yeah always just um, that we did a lot of gigs for a while um, in my 20s yeah Um, yeah amazing just always very playful you know kind of got very much got the things that he does I guess like we all do but his are very kind of personalized i think you know um but yeah very playful very dynamic very intense very musical yeah yeah amazing a real just yeah privilege to have played with someone like that from just having someone like that in the scene i guess was like a bit like i guess must be must have been for you when you were younger because he's a good got a good 10 15 years on you i guess yeah he's, I mean, know, he's about just, 10 years yeah it's one yeah. of them people you're like bloody hell who's this dude <laughs> kind of situation isn't it yeah yeah he was like when I I remember, I remember when I first met him when I was working with this guy called Huey Thomas do you remember Huey a guitarist yeah um, and he was yeah. uh, I used to play with Huey a lot in Huey was hilarious he had like two bands and uh, I, <laughs> I was always in the B band you know <laughs> um, and there was a keyboard player called Dave Baldwin, who was a, a very good friend of mine for quite a few years. And Dave yeah. was in the A and the B band. <laughs> right. Dave was laughing. He was like, he nailed it. Cause he and was... I guess if you're in the B band and Mikey's in the A band, it's kind of all right to be that, isn't it? Well, yeah, it was the, the A band was Mikey and, and, <laughs> yeah. and occasionally Sylvan and sometimes this guy called Tony Bowery, who was a great bass player, who was a real kind of... Um, 
street kind of guy and uh, really groovy, really nice guy. Uh, and they used to play a lot together in Mikey. And, and Huey always said there was something about the way Mikey played with Tony, you know. He said right. he's just got this thing about the way. Mm. And uh, and the band I was in, I, there was different bass players played in that sort of group. But what Huey had that sort of relationship where it got too much for him. So he kind of came... Mm. He came back to the B band for a while, and then we do gigs right, for okay. a few months because it was sort of intense in a different way, you know. And then he got, yeah. yeah, and then he'd go yeah. back to his, uh, you know, he'd go back to the crackdown or whatever, you know, of that kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, but they were, they were, but that was the thing with Mikey, and I remember meeting him. I used to play with this guy called Clive Stewart, and this and Dave I remember Bond. Clive linking it. God, that's going yeah, back yeah. in it. My yeah, God. that was. He used to work 96. at Johnny Roadhouse. Did he? Did he work at Johnny Roadhouse? <clears throat> Clive Stewart. He, he did. He used to teach yeah. there. Um, That's right. I remember. Uh, upstairs, yeah. And I played. Wow. I mean, so I've got a lot of stories about Clive, but crikey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I used to play, and Dave Baldwin was in that band um, with uh, well various different people. But I remember once I was playing at this place called J.W. Johnson's, which used to be a place on yeah. Deansgate. Do you remember, I remember that place? That place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it used to be a great little sort of uh, downstairs 50 quid gig, didn't it? You know, that everybody did. Yeah. Um, no, it's still 50 quid now. It'll be probably 40 quid. Now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those gigs I used to talk about, like where you, like the price of a cappuccino in there was a pound when I used to do a gig. And, and then wow. by the time the last gig I did, it was £2.50 and it was still £50 a gig. Yeah, so for the, 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 for the gym... band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like definitely, you know, the jazz career is not is not inflationary linked, is it? There's absolutely no. No, way. there's no there's no uh, incremental shifts, only in a negative direction. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. You can't <laughs> the, the academic promotion scheme. That's it. The better the, um... the, the better you get, the more, less you get paid. That's it. Seems. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. about right, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I remember Mikey coming like. I didn't know who he was, but I remember I was like playing. Um, we were just like sound checking, and this guy sort of came in the room, mm. and he was like like dancing around like a maniac, like yeah. and just going kind of mad, you know. And we sort of kind of finished playing. I was like, I don't know who this guy is, you know. And then it turned out it was Mikey, so I'd never met him because he was no. always playing with Huey, but I'd never met him with Huey. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, anyway, and and my yeah, it, it was like oh, and then I remember when I first heard him play, and um, just I've never heard anybody like him. Still, I still yeah. don't. Think I mean, he's one of them people in he who, like, a, even at a sound check, he's just like just silences the room. Everyone's like, what the, you know? And he's really got that thing of um, just being able to draw people in on it, you know, just to the yeah. simplest things that he's, you know, that that seem, you know, in terms of complexity of what's going on in the drums, it's not, doesn't have to be complicated, although he can do that, but his ability sure. just to really just draw people in, in a kind of consciousness kind of way of just kind of connecting with people, you know, it's it's amazing, yeah, and I think that's, a, I don't know, that I think that's something I've always found, I guess, you know, like Richard Luke, uh, Mikey and you were kind of the people I've played with by far the most and yeah. always had that kind of connection with those people in their kind of I don't know kind of I don't want to get too heavy with it all but <laughs> do you know what I mean That's just that kind fine. of that you know that thing of 
uh, kind of communicating in language and music, you know, but I guess I've always had the thing with drummers, I think. Yeah. That I've felt like a real connection with drummers, and I've done a lot of trio gigs. Mm. Um, oh, actually, John Howard as well, the late, great John Howard. I was going to uh, ask you about yeah. John as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is very sad. Did a lot of playing right. with him. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, just always had that connection with drummers. Don't really know what it is. Yeah, I've always yeah, found them yeah. very exciting. I guess it's from seeing Mikey from such a young age and being so excited by that. Just always wanting to kind of replicate that <laughs> feeling when yeah. I'm playing. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah I, he's got this kind of thing, hasn't he? Where it feels like he's got this kind of like a photographic, not a photographic memory, but where somebody that I've I've heard him when he's listened to something like a sample and then he's played yeah. it back. Yeah. Exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean he's, he, I think the one of the best things I learned from Mikey was that um, just to learn your shit, you know, yeah. and to kind of if you got a gig like treat it with respect and learn it mm. you know mm. and it took me a while to figure that out but you know and he's not a reader at all you know can't read no. music I mean, he, he, he probably could you he know, could learn tried, to for sure he could learn yeah, to, no problem, oh, totally. but, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. just his way into music is just listening isn't it you know and he's learned everything about music from listening and then practicing and doing it you know yeah. um so i guess he yeah it's all about ears for him isn't it you yeah, know, yeah. You know, yeah. he doesn't think about form in terms of staring at a page and knowing that having that reassurance, you know, that that's going to happen. And he's from that older generation where they just got it together and they didn't mess about with forgetting yeah. it together. They took it yeah, very seriously yeah. and were very proud about what they were doing and mm. they weren't apologetic about what they were doing. You know, it was a very kind of strong, grounded kind of representation of them and their community and their their life you know it was mm. it was a very serious thing and it wasn't half-hearted in, in any in any way so I guess that's his feels like yeah he's kind of an older generation in the in a different way of doing things yeah you know like true, doing true. full takes to tape <laughs> do you know what I mean that that was the only yeah. way you know? yeah yeah which is a thing kind of I suppose my being 10 years younger I was a kind of crossover and probably Luke as well, we're both in a crossover period where you were expected to do that. But mm. the more I got into recording, the less you needed to do that because suddenly technology was catching up with, you know. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I had this kind of romantic idea about being a bit like Mikey, really, of being able to kind of go into the studio and, like, cut it to tape, you know, and mm. do the, be the one-take. Not the one-take wonder, but the take wonder, you know. And Yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and I mean I Richard. Richard insists on doing single takes. Yeah. Pretty yes. much always. Yeah. There's very little editing going on, and you know he does all that before he goes into the studio in his head, you know, and in the practice room, and then he goes and plays it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and when yeah. you watch him, like I watch him, you know, he's on YouTube a lot and stuff, Instagram and things, and just because yeah. he does it live, doesn't he? He's like it's yeah. one of those remarkable things of when you, that that level of. It's precision, but I don't mean I don't mean the precision in a cold sense. It's just that thing of like it's got all the humanity and the musicality and mm. and everything. But there's a precision about it which is, which kind of reminds me of Mikey, but it's very different, you yeah. know. But it's the same kind of attention to detail. There's a kind of spirit in it which is really 
but it's kind of more you know richard's thing just feels more like uh it's like it's in the future already or it's, it's creating the future in that style of music and drumming you know a lot of drummers young drummers are really i can hear his influence yeah yeah you know they're really aspiring to have that kind of level of uh you know polishness when they play live yeah and, uh, and i can believe that yeah in the studio he's got that kind of thing about him where it's yeah nailing it all in because he's because you're going to want to play it live aren't you you know there's no kind of hiding from that yeah thing. and i think i think this is certain energy isn't there that you get from just having to get to the end you know and, yeah and, <laughs> do it and really you know and really nail it you know oh yeah and you, it's not like you're dropping in you know you just kind of yeah you are focused and you know he's got incredible concentration richard you know and um yeah, incredible focus and attention to detail, like you say. Yeah, and just that real drive to to be himself. Yeah, I would mm. say that. Yeah, just like Mikey. Yeah, yeah same thing. But uh, yeah, different different approach, different stylistic output, but you know, the same attitude or a lot or a lot of crossover in the attitude. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask, well, it's sort of Mikey. I was gonna then sort of ask you about Luke, and, and I suppose there is an interesting connection between Richard and Luke, anyway, which is something else. I was gonna ask you about the cinematic orchestra thing <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. You were kind of working with Luke, kind of from when I don't know. I suppose you'd have been, because uh, me and Luke, I think, are the same age. I think we're the same uh, year at school. I think not. Like, we weren't at the, okay. we weren't at the same school, but I think he's forty nine. Sorry, Luke. Yeah. If he is forty nine, I've just given his age away. I think Luke is he's prob I think he's probably forty eight. Ah, he's a bit younger. Oh. Maybe turning forty nine this year. Possibly. Yeah, I this think. I I was thinking school years, so I think he I think he'd be in the same I was I'm November, so I, I'm quite an early you know, in the school year terms. I was always one of the older Yeah, he's July and he Luke. Yeah, so he was like right at the end of yeah, yeah. So ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm fifty. I'm fifty this year, so I'm definitely older. So I can't believe that. It's frightening. I can't believe you're fifty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't even want to get into that. It's terrifying. Half a century of God knows what. Yeah. That's all right. It's a good innings, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm grateful for it. You know. Yeah. Um, just. It's better than the alternative. It's better than the alternative, which... Um, <laughs> which <laughs> and it's quite binary, isn't it? It's just like, it's one or the other, it's so the, just go yeah, with it. The yeah. words of Bill Hicks, is not a lot of grey area. It's fairly, <laughs> fairly cut and dry, you know. Uh, definite end to this thing. Anyone knows that sketch, knows what I'm talking about, and it's got nothing to do with yeah. life and death. But anyway... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, but you were... You were playing with him from when he was quite young as well, I think. Because I, I kind of moved back to Manchester um, from London in 91. And I know that kind of Luke... I remember meeting Luke when we were... Um, well, both been about 21. And uh, he was uh, definitely involved in a, a kind of scene, a sort of South Manchester scene thing for many, mm -hmm. well, for many years, really. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that was not a scene that I was particularly involved in the sort of group the, the funky there's that kind of funky scene wasn't there like a groovy yeah um, yeah which just I think, lots of house parties people who wanted to dance all night who wanted to you know dance along to psychedelic 70s jamming music yeah 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 it's yeah. great it was amazing yeah and um but i mean I, I met luke on the same my first guitar teacher he, they had lots of different musicians and luke used to play with them a bit as well so i'd seen him 
a lot when I was younger. Right. Um, I didn't know him then. And then I... Uh, when I probably met him at the night and day jam, but then... Um, oh, of course, yeah. I got, the, I got these... I don't know if you remember, I had these residences in Nutsford at the Royal George Hotel. It's on a Friday night. And um, yeah. I used to get... I got Luke on that a few times and he was like, oh, do you want to come to this party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. And it just turned up, it was, just, it was a total mayhem. Yeah, it was amazing. And it just, it was just playing all night till like five in the morning, six in the morning, whatever. And yeah, yeah. It, brilliant. And I was like so into the music and the vibe and it was just like, yeah, it was just incredible. So, yeah. yeah. Um, were you living, yeah. where were you living then? Were you living um, in Manchester? Were you living still in Oldsall? I was in Oldsall yeah. for a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And then, then I moved to Withington. Yeah. And then, yeah, just did the kind of, down the south of Manchester, you know, various places. Yeah. Classic route. Yeah, so. yeah, likewise, yeah. 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 <laughs> Moved around a bit. Yeah, I mean, we lived pretty close together for a while, didn't we? Yeah, actually, bizarrely, yeah, when I was in Fallowfield, you were in Withington. Is it Brook Road? Yeah, yeah I was on Brook Road, Road yeah, yeah. yeah, and you were... That was good, that one. I was on... <clears> it was, I think, was it Allen Road? Something Allen. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Yeah. Double, double L, was it, or... I can't remember. No. Yeah, it's all a bit hazy that period. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. the house though. Uh, yeah. I remember that house. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you moved, and I both, we both moved to, bizarrely, to Levenshume, uh, where you had house. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That is right. Bloody hell, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I lived on I didn't forget that I moved there, obviously. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had that house. I was thinking about that house the other day because yeah. I, was, I was thinking about, we got loads of trees around here like like massive sycamores are all a bit of a pain in the ass to be honest with you not that I'm, yeah. you know i'm not against trees but but i was just remembering that tree that you had outside your house that pulled yeah pulled the front of my your, house down <laughs> the whole wall opened up and then just closed up again yeah that was amazing that the power of water yeah it had clay in this was it clay kind of thing the tree yeah. drank all the water out of the soil and yeah yeah this like three inch gap opened up in the wall yeah in the front room i was like that didn't used to be there yeah, <laughs> I know I'm a musician and pretty rubbish. I'm not sure I can polyfill at that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not going to be a paper over those cracks there. No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The and the guys came around and said, "Oh, you just need to cut the tree down, and it'll it'll move back up again." And it did. Yeah. And it's just like wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. You cut it down. <laughs> yeah. You cut it down with your dad, didn't you? Yeah, it was fairly devastating having to get rid of it. It was a lovely tree, but it was. It was know. nice. I remember. It. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly it was you, the tree you... of the it was the tree of the house, and I didn't really fancy living in the tree, so. No, that's true. And then suddenly you yeah. could, you suddenly had lighting through your window. I think after the tree was loads of light. Yeah, I used to get yeah. I used to have to get out of bed then in the morning. Yeah, well, you know, late morning, obviously late not morning. actually the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we did live in here. Yeah, lots of similar kind of. There's a lot of there's a lot of amazing you know, musicians lived in that part. Lots in there was like a North Manchester posse vibe, wasn't there? Then, oh uh, yes of course yeah the press witch crew yeah so talking about like yeah. great drummers uh defectors actually um because pat lingworth defected now i pat love I love, yeah. I love pat but he uh, he went to london i think he wanted to yeah to do the london thing and all that stuff but he was a north manchester he was a kind of press he used witch. to live above me in Oddsall actually in the same block of flats did he yeah uh, and robin joiner as well do you remember him yeah i remember robin living there yeah because yeah, i used to play with robin when he lived so um, I think Robin lived on the. I lived on the ground floor. Yeah. With Tim, with Tim France. Tim, and then that's right. Tim, yeah. Then Tim left. I think I totally did his head in. 
He'd lived there for about seven <laughs> years, and then I, I moved in in about three weeks after that. He'd gone. He'd gone. And yeah. then, um, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, Robin was on like the second floor, I think, and Pat yeah. was on the third floor, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And bizarrely, Dave Baldwin, this the guy used to play a lot with Huey with Dave Baldwin. If when you drove down Oddsall Lane, was it that 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 road off to the left of the McDonald's on it? There, oh, was yeah, a, yeah. there was like a high rise that was a it was like a um like a housing association so it was all basically like a like a gated high rise mm-hmm. and, and dave lived in there so i used to be i used to stay there all the time with him we used to just look out mm-hmm. the window and all these kids used to just throw bricks over the um, <laughs> over the fence and stuff and and there was a great one i remember playing at jw johnson's one night i, I, I came to uh I came to Dave's and then we left and there's the car on fire just outside <laughs> um, just outside the gates of the uh, of his, of that where he lived you know then when we came back from the sound check because we always used to go up to town do the sound check go back to Dave's have some tea and then go back and do the gig because the gig was like at half 10 11 o'clock you know right, okay. so when we came back the car was uh, was not on fire anymore, but it was like there was like kids smashing, you know, just throwing things at it and whatever, you know. Yeah. And then when we left to go back to the gig again, uh, it was like just like a like a sort of smouldering embers, you know. There was like very little left of this car. Yeah, but they didn't they didn't have Netflix back then, did they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I never Smart thought about too. that. Yeah, they wouldn't even get. Wouldn't it probably wouldn't even come out now, would they? Of the. Um, didn't even bother coming out no. of the flat now, you know, they can watch. Oh, why would you? No, it's a fair point. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but anyway, we sort of digressed away from Luke, which um, which was where we Luke, we're yeah. Up to. yeah. What I mean, what what an amazing musician, yeah, and great drummer, great friend, and um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, absolutely. Just great. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've done. I think I probably played with Luke the most out of any out of anyone in the you know out of any musician really, and I feel like yeah, such a big yeah. part of my um, uh, not outlook or musicianship, you know, kind of my sound. I yeah, kind yeah. Of in, entwined with what he does, you know, um, just because of the amount of stuff that we've done together in you know in such a variety of settings as well, you know from tiny little venues to people's houses to i don't know big venues and yeah. festivals and stuff you yeah. know and mm. um yeah it was it was uh yeah luke's amazing and he just such a colorful like a painter i think you know like right super groove you know pocket and stuff yeah but, oh yeah, yeah just very, very but again yeah very very trying to find his own thing his own way through it i think and there's yeah. quite a lot of people like that in Manchester, isn't there? I know. I think you're definitely like that, you know. And I think so. Yeah. 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 You know, there's that kind of just that desire to try and find your own thing a bit, and I guess there isn't the pressure of London. You know, although actually London has got a lot better. I felt like London for a while didn't seem that interesting. Yeah. Um, and everyone was kind of towing the line quite a lot, but I think with the, you know, the generation of the past ten years or so seemed to have kind of, yeah, actually started. To get really interested in doing some really great stuff i think yeah i think i we used to have um i think we've had that conversation like a hundred times about sort of the thing of it does feel like there's less pressure 
to you know to sort of just to toe a certain line because in, in the thing in London is it's just a lot more musicians basically yeah. fighting for you know not the same number of gigs as there are up here you know, there, are, there there are lots more opportunities mm. but there are a lot lot more musicians aren't there so so, yeah, yeah. And people go there to hustle. You know, it is a thing where people go to London because they want to kind of hustle into a scene. They want to get into maybe yeah. the pop scene or the gospel scene, or they want to get into the, the jazz scene, or and they're looking to sort of, you know, to to have a different kind of career. I think it's what it always feels mm. like to me. And I know people that have gone there and and come back. You know, I mean, I, I did, but it, it was different because I went to college and it was well, I wasn't in go mm. to London to go to sort of go to Londoners. Went to college because I didn't know I wasn't even aware of. Even being a human being at the time, I was just kind of flailing around, you know. Yeah. That was what I thought you did, but um, but it's, yeah, it's really interesting that, that that thing of we used to have a lot of those conversations, and nowadays, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's very similar. I think people are actually because of diff, I don't know social media or or different scenes or more opportunity or people feeling more. Like um, like how jazz maybe is connected to other styles of music. Uh, yeah, and I also think that it just feels like, I mean, like the change of what they're programming at, at places like Ronnie's and stuff, you know, and yeah. uh, promoters like Soundcrash and, you know, they do kind of, yeah, really start to promote that kind of, and I guess, you know, Jazz Refreshed, you know, a huge kind of uh, the yeah. committed kind of organisation just to promote in music that wasn't really getting heard at all. You know, in the kind of more, not commercial, but you know, kind of being recognised by the bigger funding bodies. You know, who stuck at it and are being recognised now. You know, and yeah, yeah. yeah I just think, um, yeah, there's some really wicked stuff coming out of London. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think, and I think there's more. It feels like, more and, I, and and I think that's that's been recognised globally, hasn't it? I think you know, there's a lot of respect for the London jazz scene now. You know, in it, it's certainly on a European stage, and I think that is also spreading out into America. You know, kind of the American stage as well. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, bands like the Comet is coming and stuff are really kind of getting out there, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. But it does feel yeah. like, you know, there was always that thing in Manchester. Uh, I mean, I don't know much about other scenes in the north, really, and I've talked a bit about it in other episodes. But the, the, the I've talked and I've talked a bit about you know the scene that we were both uh, part of in different ways but okay you know we mm. cross paths a lot um yeah but it's we interesting a, we've done a lot of gigs haven't we over the years i mean flipping heck. a lot of Some gigs serious amount of gigs yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like um all that sort of all the matt and fred stuff the earliest stuff we used to do uh, i think yeah because we were so both into the jarrett trio weren't we you know you know i used to have keith jarrett concerts in my house every night just like yeah whacking on the vinyl <laughs> just listening to i don't know the the brayman concert or something just every yeah. night i'd have that and um yeah yeah just i think we were so into that i don't know there was something very connected about the way we played at that time i think you know that kind of real yeah just because we were so into that vibe but it was guitar and drum trio rather than piano and drum trio you know yeah of, yeah i mean that yeah. the, the that was a thing that i because i was I, the thing i was mainly listening to was trios really so it was yeah. kind of you know lots of guitar trios um with all you know people have mentioned already and and, and lots of piano trios um and just wanted to be you know when i was playing with i used to play with this guy called alex james with uh, who's a 
piano player who was in Leeds. Mm. I think he was from Australia or New Zealand. And uh, at the same time, I was playing. Um, I was playing with you, and I used to play with uh, Steve Buckley, Billy Buckley, you know, as well at uh, Cafe yeah. Renoir. Cafe Renoir was like Café my Renoir, flipping it. Yeah, is that in Withington, that place? Yeah, it's where the Sainsbury's. Um, yeah, yeah. Car park uh, road, the, the entry road into Sainsbury's is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Place. That was your that was your total hangout, wasn't it? That was like like your night and day place. That was the place where I met everybody because yeah. I met um, yeah. John Thorne in there. You know, he used to play with right. John, Roger Wickham and Jamie O'Dell and all that lot, the Jimster wow. crew, you know. And I used to play with Simon Mulcaster. Uh, remember Simon? <laughs> Simon Mulcaster, blinking it. That's going back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I wonder what yeah. he's doing. Search, still searching for that note, isn't he? Still searching. <laughs> For like the perfect note. I, I feel look- like I can't comment because I'll just sound like a right bitch. No, well, it's just like I, I used to. Yeah. I used to love playing with Simon, and he was like, he was one I, of those. He had a great sound, and he just he just took a long time to get. Yeah. Get through his solo. Yeah, it just took a while. There was but a f- he had a great sound and everything. You know, it was just needed to speed everything up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. I remember he was like, there was a few people I played with at that time that were, had that thing where I used to be playing with them and like be going. It's still going. We're still going. I like peaked like five minutes ago, you know. <laughs> still and, going. Uh, so I've come, I've, I've come down again, and I'm going up again now, you know. <laughs> and there's a few other people I won't mention, but there was like I, I always preferred like people like yourself who kind of got to the point, kind of sooner, you know, and just you know because it was just like the music I listened to. I didn't like Jarrett didn't play solos that lasted for ten minutes, you know. It, no. he, like even like even the solo concerts, they're all like amazing, short miniature pieces, aren't they? They're all connected to each other. Yeah. Uh, apart from some of the, those vampy things that he does, which are more meditative. I like those vampy things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That changes album is a really good one. Yeah. It's called changes. Yeah. These changes, yeah. changeless. Um, yeah. Changeless was the later album. Yeah, which is um, like live gigs. Changes. Changeless, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I think Changeless, changeless has got yeah. the vampy things. More yeah, that's good. Changes is the one with the imp- with flying part one and two, and okay. that piece Prism on it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, we were listening to like loads of like same. So when I was like playing with you, it was like oh, I'm playing with all these people that I love playing with, I'm listening to, it was the same kind of vibe, you know, just felt like we were doing the same thing, you know, Uh, uh, but it it was always that, that vibe of, of the thing that I like never felt like I could get together was that thing of projects, you know, of actually having, Mm. you know, really getting into projects. And, um, and it was just like, I was just, interested in that thing of like because there was the cinematic orchestra period for you and obviously yeah. luke was doing that gig with you and was john ellis still doing that or had he no he'd, he'd, left. he'd left by that time hadn't he? Yeah. yeah yeah he didn't last very long i don't think in that band didn't no. like it and I think. right and then there was phil france that we used to play with as well didn't we and he, we, we used to do trio phil, gigs yeah. with phil didn't we but he was in that band and he was kind of writing a bit thing he thought that band yeah i mean phil was a really integral kind of uh you know creator in that band wasn't he was it i, I don't i don't really know yeah. a lot about that period of um because it was kind of i remember when you started playing in it i thought the sound they definitely there was a definitely an influence uh on their sound from you um oh, do, that's very do, kind 
Well, well, I was going to talk about that in a in a bigger sense, but um, I don't want to get into that yet. But it's an it's an interesting thing where um, there's that there's a specific sound thing that you have, um, mm. which if I'm listening to, like when I listen to Bon Iver or something, you know, to different albums, I hear this kind of sound world thing, you know, and mm. it always reminds me. Uh, what well, doesn't remind me of you? I always think that you've influenced, you know, whoever's played that part because that was where I first heard that sound world. Right, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. And the cinematic orchestra thing, there was definitely felt like there was a shift in the sort of in in the as a fun in a fundamental sound. Uh, and did you kind of feel like that was like your contribution to that thing, or? Uh, I I don't. I mean, it's hard to know. Really, it's really hard to know. Um... Did you feel um, like you could I mean, express not, your vo- you know your voice in that band and and Well yeah definitely yeah, they were very encouraging and and I think it I think my sound evolved a lot from playing in that band because that was the first time I'd done the same gig night after night for two or three years you Yeah, know, it was kind of and big and big gigs Yeah playing. yeah it was good to kind of hear in that bigger sound and kind of dealing with that and they were kind of when I first started anyway really up for having the guitar like super like present and big you know making a big impact on the sound and then that kind of diminished over time right <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 their eagerness for that um but uh yeah it, I think it was I guess it I, I don't I think it would be uh wrong to say yes you know I went in and I changed their sound because I think you know, obviously, oh, I had an yeah, input no. into the writing of it, and I had a. I think they had a really strong identity, and they do have a really strong identity. You know, in their writing. Um, oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. it. I think I think I I, in the way that Luke influences their sound, I'm sure that yeah. I did as well. Yeah, um yeah. And, um, but I feel like my sound was hugely influenced by them as well. You know, and that album that we did, uh, distilled. Yeah. That album that project we did. You know, I listen back to that now. It's like, yeah, that is just so influenced by my experience at the time, which was cinematics. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that yeah that was well. That was kind of that was what I was going to move on to as well because that was a an interesting project. It felt like it was a real like shift, um, just on the you know on the outside of looking at the way you developed as an artist of having mm. this really. Because I remember when. I'll always remember. I've got like these one of these memories for small insignificant things, and you know don't remember important things normally. But um, I remember being <laughs> sat on the tour bus in, and I was in Southern Ireland. I think I was on the way to Limerick, and uh, you rang me, and I was sat in the back right. of the tour bus, and I was I was I, I was like sat in my practice pad or something, just doing something, you know, whatever. And it was yeah. a really beautiful day, you know. And uh, I hadn't spoke to you for ages, and you've been working like with Mikey for like quite a while, hadn't it? For maybe two, maybe two or three years or something. Um, yeah. Doing lots of writing. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did it. It never kind of came to anything in the end, but um, we did, yeah, did a lot of writing over a period of time. Yeah, yeah. But I remember you ring me up and said, oh, I've got this project and uh, when you come back, do you want to start... Um, working on this project together you know and i was like yeah, yeah yeah you know great that sounds amazing yeah i'll get to hang out with my mate Stu and have a bit of a play yeah. and i remember coming home and it was really it was quite a an influential period for me before that working um with 
Tom, which I'm still working with Cray now, you know. Yeah. And that level, the same kind of thing in a different in a different kind of music, but the same just that thing of playing the same thing every night, exactly the same mm. fill and exactly the same mm. dynamic and mm. you know, and being very guided by like the, the vibe of the gig is very guided by him, you know, and, and his his connection with the audience. So every gig is different and funny and dark and you know and amazing and moving and, and it's very personable to the audience. But the kind of delivery of the music, the centre of this thing is, you know, delivering these parts. And it was something that was pretty new to me in a way because I was always mm. just playing music in the moment, you know, and it was just... Yeah. I've gone through years of, of having, like, very little to show for everything yeah. that I'd played, you know. Yeah. And uh, and this kind of 2010 was this kind of really pivotal period right, when things changed a lot for me. And then when I came home, I started working with you on this project and we were like you were like so specific about drum parts like like even like no i want i want the hi-hat i want i just want crotchets i don't even want eighth notes on the hi-hat you know and and it was like it was it was brilliant working in this way because it was really challenging for me and then we used to do all these probably not the not the way that drummers would naturally play i guess i was i guess thinking about yeah what i would program I yeah. Guess, than yeah. What a drummer would naturally play. So I think yeah, it probably was difficult, wasn't it? I guess a bit of a challenge. Oh well, it was really yeah. For me, it was like on. I mean, I could get nerdy about it in a kind of drummy, coordinationally, technically, all those kind of things. All the things that you. Well, what better forum to do? Yeah. That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but I think I've sort of I've kind of talked about it a little bit before. Um, not about specifically about your project, but about that thing. Um, but it was, it's really interesting that like, when I think about like the way Richard plays, Mm. like, and, and where you're, where you're kind of, you were kind of guiding the way you were thinking about the construction of obviously the compositions, there was, there's the guitar thing. And the thing that was quite new to me with that project was your, you kind of were shifting away from the SG, which was like my, like like you know you were my best friends and the sg was also one of my best friends you know and that guitar was really you know that relationship that i had with your with that guitar because it was the guitar it was a great guitar that yeah yeah um but you were moving towards i actually played it the other day for the first time in years it was amazing yeah 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 yeah. but then you were kind of moving more to this acoustic thing as well you know with the um during that sort of distill period, and at the end of it, you were sort of talking about acoustic albums. So I was really, I was just interested in mm. that sort of, because yeah, the cinematic thing, the thing I was kind of trying to say, um, and not saying, oh, you changed their sound, was that you, that the cinematic, it's amazing how they've involved all these different people, in, yeah. in the, and and it still continues to be a great project. You know, a good friend of ours, yeah. Sam Vickery, and uh, plays in that group now. Then Luke still plays in that band, and uh, yeah. and it's got a really strong identity, and a lot of it. For me, I do think a lot of it is is from the drums. Um, I think there's a really it's a really strong platform for uh, for Luke and, and when Richard was doing the gig as well. Amazing, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like a bit of a gift for a drummer that gig, you know. It's just like yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. Have to, sorry, yeah, yeah. this exactly. might ruin the audio. My phone's about to run out of battery because it's one of those stupid oh, phones you can't do actually old, charge it and have headphones in at the same time. So. Super anyway. super short lead. Yeah, super short lead. You're now looking, staring directly at my nostrils. 
But yeah, it's just interesting that whole kind of period that you you went, you know, uh, were able to sort of be part of that band and develop your own sound as well. Yeah. As well as being part of an integral part of what their sound was at that time. And then like coming into into your own projects and coming out the other side of it and having this uh, this really kind of strong sense of kind of parts and composition and uh, yeah i think what i mean <clears throat> like before that actually like i'd i'd done uh like some gigs and, and record record my album with a guy called Ari honig who's a drummer from new york yeah and um i think that just totally it was amazing experience it's like my god you know like the level yeah. of those people in new york because i you know yeah. i think i really just wanted to be a new york jazzer you know but I never yeah. really had the courage or confidence really to go and to New York and try it, you know. Um, mm. But mm. I'd kind of met Ari in New York and said, oh, do you want to come over to Manchester? And, hey, mate, do you want to come to Manchester and do some gigs? I do, remember, do an yeah, album. yeah. And it was yeah, just yeah. like so mind-boggling, yeah, just the, just the level that those guys are operating at. And um, it just put a complete end to my desire to be a New York jazzer. Because I knew that I had to move to New York to do that, really, tend to be playing with him every night. <clears throat> to be pushed, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do, really. So, yeah. Um, I guess one thing, it just made me think about, well, how can I keep on getting better as a yeah. guitarist, as a musician, and live in Manchester and be a part of that, you know, work with the people that are in my location, I suppose. Um, and I... Th- kind of like just getting into making albums and writing music and recording music seemed like the obvious way to spend my time. Yeah, so yeah. So not spending yeah. all day, every day, practicing, <clears throat> I don't know, standards and jazzy stuff. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Spending all day staring at a computer screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, which is, I think, definitely what Distilled was, that album that we did was very much mm. <clears throat> me coming to terms with being a composer a bit and having already done a couple of albums before that <clears throat> trying to figure out I don't know like trying to I felt like I had some understanding of making an album by that point and some understanding of mm. um, what I could do in the computer and that it was kind of getting slightly less consumed by the computer <laughs> in the process yeah. I guess Um and I think I was still quite consumed by the computer in, in that album as well, but less so. And I think, yeah, as as time's moved on, I guess I've become less consumed by the computer. It's kind of part of the process, but not dominating the process, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, it felt very similar when, I, when we were writing... Because we used to get together at the music place, didn't we? Just me and you with the, with the That's laptop. right, that was where we got the parts together, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were just like on that, that terrible drum kit. Well, sorry, sorry, Lucy, it's a very nice drum kit. Um, it's okay. That drum kit that's in that room, you know. <laughs> and we're just rehearsing and trying to like, and I was really, but it was just, it was, it felt very similar to when, to working with Tom and, and Ollie Cunningham, who's his kind of MD, you know, and Ollie's like really got that thing of like you just play the fucking same thing every night you know just really, play yeah. the part but it but really nice yeah, but, yeah. but just that that it just has that kind of worth work ethic of like um yeah you find the right thing to play 
and you just play that just thing. Play There's that. nothing else. Well, to I play, think it's that thing, and it like the jazz thing is like you you kind of go to the gig and you just search, you know, on the whole gig, In don't the you? Yeah. You know, you're just searching yeah, yeah. for the for you know, and that that's what it's all about. And I think composition now is for me is about kind of using all of those skills that you yeah. that we developed as improvisers, but kind of capturing specific moments that then become repeatable. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because I was talking to somebody um, who listens to this uh, from time to time. Is is a somebody that I taught a few years ago, and he was asking me about consistency you know and i just like god i can't answer that question god i'm like the most inconsistent human being i've known um but i'm not sure that's true <laughs> well in my playing i always they i always feel like uh, as i've got older because i don't play as much mm. i feel I, I find it, it it's kind of connecting with the instrument um sometimes takes longer you know yeah and and it doesn't always feel like there's time to have that um to to ha- you don't have time to connect because you're because you're doing that thing you're talking about you know you turn up to a gig with some people that you know that's unrehearsed mm-hmm. and it and it can take you know half an hour to just even be playing the instrument feel like you're actually even playing the instrument yeah. You know, and and actually start to open the ears and 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 or and loosen up and all those kind of things, and I was I was talking to him about I said well the thing that really changed for me in that period was about expectations you know I, I mm. my level of expectations when I used to do jazz gigs when I was like in two thousand one or two or three when we were playing a lot it used to be like a hundred percent I expected it to be, you know like playing with Jarrett or something <laughs> you know I just it was. It was like everything, and what I realized as I as I got older was, oh, actually, uh, I should have more expectation when I'm actually working on things like proper projects, you know, yeah. arts, and so it was. Um, and then I've 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 lower expectations on gigs, so therefore the thing the great things that happen on gigs are really you you really notice them as opposed to like you know hoping for them to happen. You were more. Yeah, I mean, I think they're so dependent on so many factors, aren't they? You know, yeah. like just the, you know the musicians that you're playing with, um, the kind of sound in the club, the kind of vibe you're getting from the audience, whether that is a kind of yeah. you know they're into it or not, yeah. you know they're talking or not, you know, and those kind of things. You, that is such all of those kind of whether it was hard to find somewhere apart when you drop, you know, <laughs> after you drop your drums off. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all that you know, all that, it really plays into it, doesn't it? You know how you feel about playing. You know your energy levels. I think you know that's a really, if you feel tired or you feel like you've just you know you've just eaten, and whether that kind of like takes a bit of energy out of you. Yeah. You know yeah. it can kind of whether you're hydrated, whether you're breathing properly, all those kind of things. You know it can really impact on your ability just just to relax and get into the vibe yeah, yeah. you know that's before we even talk about who you're playing with whether your drums are tuned nicely or you know the amps you know it, sometimes it's just hard to get a sound in a room and yeah. you know yeah, yeah. no fault of yours just it's just whatever's going on in that room is not working for you on that day you know yeah, and yeah. can play the same room in you know 20 times and have almost have 20 different experiences because there's everything's yeah. different each time yeah you know? yeah it's true so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a nightmare <laughs> Poor Rossi. 
Yeah, well, first world yeah. problems. How do we do it? That. How do we manage I know, it? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. How did we get into that? Anyway, Ari. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Just put and mm. yeah. Just got into composition. Really, yeah. And kind of. Um, which I guess I've been doing a lot. I feel like I'm getting a lot better at it, and I've been doing it pretty much every day for about. 15 years or something so you think I probably would be getting better right? yeah, but... yeah, for sure, yeah well there's yeah there's, there's the sound and and the sort of melodic thing and the the thing that I've really noticed is is the um, the economy of um, you know of what you uh, like the way in which you present ideas there's no like we used to joke when when we were we did some writing a long long time ago together and I was always like adding more more strings you know, more this, well, I've got, yeah. <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah, it's yeah. like musical it, gout, you know, it's like... Yeah, um, I remember that, actually, <laughs> that was in your flat on Brook Road, wasn't it? Um, yeah. When I first got into, we got into Cubase, and we did a, we wrote like a drum and bass tune, I'm sure we did. Yeah, with Jude singing, like Judy, yeah. Or something, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Judy, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Look, if, if you got that, I would love to hear Me that. too, I, I don't know, I don't, I can't find it. I thought you might have it, actually, mm. but it was a great tune, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a yeah. night. But you know, you were always like, be like less is more, and I was always no one more string harmony, you know, or some more is definitely more. More is definitely yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think that, that you know, there's that sense in there, and that is what I'm talking about. You know, about getting consumed by the computer is like yeah. you, you you don't think as an improviser, you don't think as a composer would you know you think as a kind of kid in a playground yeah, sweet shop situation. Do, do you know what I mean where yeah, you're like yeah. you you're basically at your fingertips have remember when we got that Miroslav uh you know the orchestral plug-in do you remember that one yeah 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 so that was that was it we were, what we were using wasn't it and, yeah yeah we were, um, yeah bloody hell uh it's just like yeah Clarinets, yeah. Yeah. Flutes, oh, yeah. Oh, strings, amazing. loads of them. Sounds like Vince Mendoza. Yeah, more oh. strings. You know, and it's just... Yeah, <laughs> Vince Mendoza. Yeah. <laughs> Vince Mendoza. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's just... It's that thing of, like, you're just, like, in a sweet shop, aren't you? And it's like, yeah, let's get more stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> I think, you know, I've kind of... If you think about how... I guess in a more classical approach would be, like, well, what am I writing for? Yeah. What instruments? What kind of tone colours am I going to get out of those combinations? Yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, before you even so you'll have an idea of what you're writing for, but then you'll also probably just write it at a piano and then orchestrate it. Mm. You know, you don't just start with a completely blank score and just write at random, and then the score just keeps getting bigger no. and bigger. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not how it works, is it? You know, in... no, it, it definitely <clears throat> isn't how it works. No, no, there's always like a bit of a more kind of a conceptual approach, isn't it? And composition and I think as improvisers we're kind of we're very reactive to sound aren't we we yes. kind of hear a sound and then we make another sound by reacting to that sound so yeah I'm very emotional very of, emotional as well aren't we about that reaction yeah as well. <laughs> yeah and I think I guess com composition feels to me that um <clears throat> it's kind of using that te that that improvising technique isn't it but thinking about the concept of it but you know, jaw kind of before and during that that process, you know, kind of yeah. been out to kind of just take a step back and kind of review what's going on and almost like be able to describe what's going on mm. <clears throat> and think about how you can then make new ideas off those ideas and yeah, yeah, kind of trying to piece it all together a bit more rather than just kind of 
starting at bar one. Yeah. And and <clears throat> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Composers yeah. don't tend to do that as much, you know. Well, they obviously start somewhere, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of journey I'm on at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's yeah. kind of see, kind of the thing that um, I remember when we were <clears throat> doing the distilled thing. There was this weird kind of offshoots kept happening from time to time where I'd turn up to a gig and um, I, well, I can't remember her name she was an amazing singer who was in the cinematics uh, oh Heidi Heidi Vogler yeah was that her name yeah Heidi Vogler, Vogler yeah Heidi Vogler yeah. Uh, yeah and I remember um, when you were getting in you were starting to write like vocal music you know you were starting to write with vocalists yeah. and you were trying to find a vocalist and there was this kind of long journey yeah. was kind of you know you went through various different people and uh yeah. and then you kind of landed um with uh with Raina Connolly Raina Connolly yeah <laughs> and the one and only the one and only yeah the um uh, Raina, Cole- <laughs> Raina Cannoli <laughs> Oh, an incredible human being. <laughs> That's what she said, yeah. Somebody, yeah, she's amazing, yeah. yeah. So, you know, she got the most ridiculous uh, spelling of the name. And she, yeah, 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 yeah. And she was like, yeah, the best one she's ever had is Ryognach Cannoli. Ryognach Cannoli, <laughs> yeah, I can see that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's an amazing human being, like, <clears throat> tour de force. But, uh, but you, but you yeah. started writing, you started this kind of project, and then there's like this, this kind of acoustic, you were getting more into the acoustic thing, and you've got a baritone guitar, and there was all this. Yeah. Um, so it's just like to talk about that kind of transition really uh, it's really interesting time uh, you know to see. it's just it's just like quite a natural thing I think you yeah. know it's not like it happened overnight and I think there's that that sense of um, just following your nose a bit you know and feeling what is instinctually feels like the right thing to do because um, when to do, I guess to do anything involving music and to try and make a commitment to something takes a lot of energy and a lot of work so I guess you want it to kind of if you can generally if you're following your instincts uh then that kind of energy just bubbles up doesn't it inside you you know and it's just there to be harnessed yeah you know that that thing where you can kind of get out of bed and be excited about Mm. what it is that you're doing every day yeah 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 almost every day you know it's like yeah this is really good and you need that energy you know they need that and that's for me the only way i've ever found that is just by following what instinctively feels like the right thing to do and like um over time it looks like there was a bit of a plan but there certainly wasn't ever a plan <laughs> do, do you right. know what i mean it's just kind of the way things have turned oh, out right. okay yeah. <clears throat> yeah it's just kind of getting up and getting on with it every day that's that's it and the acoustic, I don't know, I don't know what happened, just kind of, but it just felt nice to be playing acoustic guitar. It's such a much better instrument just to play at home. Yeah. A lot of the time, it's just that, you know, it vibrates. Yeah, it's and real. And moves air around in a way that electric guitar doesn't. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more like drums, I think, isn't I, it? I think yeah. I realised, yeah, I went on holiday with my wife and her mates and I realised I couldn't play it. They said, oh, I'll play us a tune. I was like, I don't know any tunes. Yeah. And now I can play your fucking Bye Bye Blood Blood or something, yeah. but, or I can play all these amazing scale patterns and all these weird chord voices. Yeah. But I couldn't just sit down and like just play a tune for people, and I was like, oh, I think I want to be able to do that. Yeah. 
That's, that's a great idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I, I mean, Rachel, my wife, she... <clears throat> I remember I got a, I got this gig on um, Radio 3, on Jazz on 3. It was a live broadcast at Van on the Wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was when we'd just done that gig in Croatia. Yeah, remember? sound, sound festival. wave or something. Sound wave, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. And it's so hot on it. We were in this in this ice air conditioned fridge room. It was incredible. Even going to the toilet in our bed in our ensuite toilet, came back in sweating. It was so hot. And then back into the room, and it was. Okay. I, I I arrived yeah. about. I think I arrived about two hours before you. The air conditioning was broken. I literally just got walked yeah. out of the room and went and bought a beer. I wandered around, going, "What the fuck is this place? People yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. off their heads." And then you arrived, yeah. and you were like, "I was like the air conditioning's not working." You're like, "Well, it's going to be fucking working in a minute." And then some <laughs> guy appeared about five minutes later, and he sorted it out. And then we had that thing that yeah, you went into the toilet and it was like going in an oven. It was yeah, unbelievable. It was so hot and you come there, back yeah. in the room again and we put a towel on the bottom of the door, didn't we, to keep yeah. the heat out. Yeah. It's it like, like the opposite here place. You get one of those door draft draft excluders. Yeah. It's like to keep the heat out. <laughs> keep yeah. the heat out, yeah. I remember getting off the plane, because <laughs> yeah. uh, it was at Zidar, I think, we landed, didn't we? I can't remember, I yeah. And I remember just getting off and like thinking the jet was still on the plane. The actual jet engine was still on when I walked yeah. off the plane. And it was about it was about nine o'clock at night and it was 40, it was 39 degrees it was. And I, I was just like, oh my God, I can't, because I don't really do well above 23. <laughs> you know, like the weather today was, it was like 17 with a light, quite chilly breeze. It's like my perfect weather yeah. today, you know. And we we're, were both like two, two ginger northerners. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like going, this is this is definitely not our. But uh, but we did it. That was with Heidi, wasn't it? Uh, and then you played. Was with it? Was wasn't it? Today. That's right. Bloody hell, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God, I've forgotten that. Yeah, it was. So yeah, I had this uh, gig, uh, the jazz Radio on three, three thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Rachel was like, "So what are you gonna do?" I was like, oh, "I'm just gonna make it up." I think. And she was like, "What?" So was that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like... <laughs> yeah, it's so her, her thing was like, why? I was like, I don't know that. And I think at the back of my mind, it's like, yeah, because that's, that's the hardest thing to do. So that's sure. what I should do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it should be pure to that thing attitude, and I should yeah. be always yeah. improvising. But yeah. then I was like, okay, well, I'll... Fair point, Rachel, I'll give you that one, you know. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll try writing a tune. And actually, um, I think it was Vital Space. Remember that tune, Vital Space? That that right. kind of came yeah, out of that. Played it recently. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and it it kind of it it did, went down really well at, at the gig, and then he Jazz Nelson loved it, and he put it in the best of the year show, like the roundup show, like my gig. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So maybe I should write yeah, some more music. Yeah. So I was like, <clears throat> I did, carried on writing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was kind of. One of the things, yeah. Hate to say that she was right, but she was. Well, you yeah. know, it's one of those, you just, um, yeah, they always are. So not always. Best. <laughs> Definitely not always. Yeah, yeah, yeah so at least five times today I've been right. At least five times today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, so 
there's a kind of uh, there was the acoustic sort of thing. I remember going to Shetland and we were. Um, oh, that was terrifying. The, the Shetland International Guitar Festival. Yeah. Featuring Stuart McCallum and. Oh, that Aziz. was brilliant, wasn't it? Aziz Ibrahim, is that what it's called? Yeah. What yeah. I mean, yeah. do you remember? So it was. Yeah, you've got a. Oh my God. Yeah. So. I'll, for your listeners, picture the scene, right? So we're in the Shetland Isles. Um, <laughs> day was yeah. it day one? The warm up gig. <laughs> yeah, and I love. Yeah, the, and I wasn't we basically did a, Yeah, we did a warm up gig for the gig in Shetland. Yeah. But so the warm up yeah. gig was basically in a village hall, um, surrounded yeah. by about four crofts on it. You know that was the village, and. Um, so it was we like got a there. croft, wasn't it? It, it was. was like, it was like a big croft, yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh it was it was, i mean the people there were beautiful weren't they and the whole place was absolutely amazing but yeah so you know we were just like yeah we'll just do whatever play our tunes and we had the laptop yeah. didn't we and we were just me and you and a bit of laptop stuff and did i i don't think i played did i did i play i think you did yeah did i, I think so i don't even remember playing it I remember oh, no, maybe sitting in the audience. Oh, I can't remember. I don't, it, I don't know. You definitely played on the next bit, though, didn't you? Anyway. Oh, I played in the main, yeah, on the main gear. But anyway, yeah, yeah so yeah. the uh, yeah. the uh, Aziz thing. So we're in this tiny village hall, aren't we? There must have been about four people oh, yeah. and, you know, five Six. five sheep and a couple of dogs. And, um, yeah. And Aziz, he does this thing, doesn't he? Was it, was it the Stone Roses that he was in, that band? Yeah, he's yeah. like, the commitment is 100%, isn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. Like, he just, like, did the full, you know, playing the guitar with his teeth thing. Yeah, in behind front his of, head. In front of three things. people, yeah. It's like, yeah. wow, man. One of them was me. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, yeah. one, two of them was me and you. <laughs> you were <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was mental. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing, yeah. yeah. Was... I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Was... Yeah. That so, was where your tune got named, wasn't it, by the guy, the hotel Oh, lights him, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Is he called Phil, wasn't he, the guy, yeah? He was called Phil, yeah. we had Phil, whiskers, yeah, had yeah. a few whiskers with him, didn't we, yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. yeah. God, yeah, I'd forgotten about that gig. I remember that. No, yeah, just the sort of story reminded me then. I was just thinking about the times where you were... It was. It felt like the, the kind of style of music that you were playing and the, the sound and everything. It was like the perfect place for it, you know. The Celtic roots of McCallum. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right out in the North Sea on Shetland, it's like this little outreach of the whole sort of... There was that sound engineer there, or was it the hotel guy who basically said, oh, yeah, I used to live in Glasgow and I just got sick of it, so he moved here. That was the... Um, was the <clears throat> like the venue manager. He was the, the tour manager, manager for Bell yeah. and Sebastian, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah. He knew. Yeah, he knew. He knew um, the guy used to um, tour manage um, Tom McRae. Um, yeah, yeah. And he knew John Johnny Lang, who was uh, Bell and Sebastian's monitor engineer. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. At that time. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, but it was sound that place. So it was an amazing art centre, wasn't it? It was beautiful, and they had a full recording studio. I've got that. I've actually got that gig somewhere. A multi full multi track version of it. Oh wow! And there was those two. There was that lad called Hayden, wasn't the bass player? Yeah, we did like a workshop in the day and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did they play on the gig a bit? It was him and the sax player. They may well have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from times. So, yeah, yeah. And landing that was always the funniest thing. Sky, sea, ah, the runway, sea, sky, ah, the sea, sky. We're on the ground. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was one of those um, cling daily to the chair. And uh, yeah. With your, with, your, with your fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was uh, quite full on. But apparently not a very bad landing for the Shetland Isles. No, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, a bit windy, it's a bit windy. Always oh, a bit of a breeze so, today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, kind of the the thing, I, last thing I was going to ask you about writing and then the kind of tech and Pro Tools and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and now that kind of led on to the PhD thing, really. PhD, yeah. I was going to yeah. ask you about that, which you've just finished. Yeah. Which is... Um, but just and just the thing about the sort of the breath the project the breath as well the breath, about because yeah. that brings, you know, like Luke and John Ellis obviously they're involved in that project uh, and Sam Vickery now Sam Vickery yeah Sam Vickery <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just like the kind of journey from from that from uh, sort of that breath time up into I remember you, you were talking about doing the PhD and it was a composition PhD it wasn't a performance based PhD yeah. and just to talk a bit about that the PhD yeah. I mean um, again it's just like following your nose isn't it I, I don't really it just felt like the, a good idea at the time I, yeah. I think the probably the main reason I did it was that um, uh, my supervisor Mark I, I was already making music with him so I knew him as a musician right. first He's a great kind of okay. pianist and composer, electronic influenced kind of yeah, person, yeah. you know. So we got a lot of similar taste musically, and we're kind of uh, okay. we've done an album actually that's not out yet, and um, we just just started on the next round of that album, you know, the next album of that project. So that project's called Music for Imaginary Film, and we did an album oh, that's quite cinematic-y kind of. So there's going to be a whole series of him music for imaginary right. film albums um and um yeah it's just i guess you so i think you as a musician you just as a professional musician you just like onto the kind of next thing next thing next thing oh i've got a link for this tune this gig and then i've got a practice for this recording and then i've got a write for this album and i've got this deadline and you don't ever think about you don't ever just take a step back and go right why am i doing this and then kind of think about how am I doing this? And yeah, uh, it how, was, yeah, yeah. It was a great, it was just kind of an opportunity to kind of have some time to reflect on those, mm. uh, those questions, I suppose, and to kind of think about um, what other people had written about, stuff like that, and, you know, maybe people that weren't musicians, what had they written about creativity? Or and So that's, so my PhD ended up, it was fundamentally it was a professional practice portfolio, so it was a lot of music right. that I'd written for release. Yeah. And then the commentary was kind of looking. It was looking at the how and why I did what I did. Yeah. 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 Is the breath was the breath involved in that, or was it stuff? So all that all that stuff you've been. How far back was the kind of? It was the most recent studio album. So the it was the album called Let the Cards Fall. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It had to be from. I started it in 2016, so it had to be music from 2016 on. Oh, okay. I didn't. There's no. They couldn't retrospect. You couldn't no. go further. Ah, that's interesting. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I so guess I was able to kind of reflect on the process during the process. Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes sense. It's not, yeah, because there's always that thing of people think, oh, I've written a load of stuff, I can just... I'm going to do this and use a back catalogue from 20 years ago and yeah, get wish I, job you know, done. Yeah, but I guess it's kind of interested in trying to figure out why I'm doing and what I'm doing, you yeah. know, and um, it's been a, it was, I mean, it has been incredibly valuable uh, mm. period of my life and I've learned so much stuff from it just by putting the guitar down and reading some stuff and, right. and thinking about stuff, you know, and actually thinking about process more um, it's really basically. I mean, I came came with this. That there's basically three roles that I'm undertaking all the time. So there's producer, composer, and performer. Yeah. And um, I guess I had never really thought of those as being distinct roles, but you know, in times gone by, when the industry was in its heyday, those roles were undertaken by three different people, if that's not right. more. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that's and. True, um, yeah. I guess with the advent of computers and home recording technology, you just kind of expected to be able to do all that stuff, even though you didn't ever really train as a producer or a composer or mm. really have any experience of it. You know, it's just like, okay, here's Pro Tools, get on with yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think it's taken me time to realise, and I'd, you know, I'd turn up to recording sessions having not practised the guitar for the stuff I'm recording and then been disappointed. Do you know what I mean? And, and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the hardest thing I found about running my own band was that the last thing I always thought about, which is one of the reasons why I gave up on it, was the last thing I was always thinking about was, was the what drums, I was yeah. playing. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you know, and it got really got me down because it was like everything else is, is more consuming than the thing mm. that I'm there to actually do. I was there to write, you know, mm -hmm. and, bring, and also bring my friends together and play music with them. That was yeah. the other, you know, that was another good reason to do it. And we had, you know, that band out for years. Great, ago, wasn't it, doing in. that those gigs, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was massively overambitious. <laughs> That's one of the things that I learned, you know, having all those people together with all that complicated music, with all those, uh, you know, two keyboard players and guitarist and percussion and... yeah euphoric you know wanting to sound like the Matheny group without any of the kind of time to get that sound together and, yeah time uh, and money yeah time time and money and yeah and gigs and um, all that kind of audience and just all that stuff that you really need you know in a kind of musical uh, <laughs> in a musical kind of situation but I guess you you know you build that up over time though don't you you know and you build you up the yeah. kind of concept yeah. of how to get to that point over a period of time not from like starting from never having done it to then doing it you know and, yeah exactly and yeah, yeah yeah I guess that's kind of where I'm at now I feel a, a lot more measured in my ability to understand how long these things take you know and to kind yeah. of how much preparation I'm going to need to put into things and the kind of general timeline of you know the p points in the process that will occur i'm kind of quite aware what they are i don't always yeah. know how to get to them you know and it's that kind of unraveling of this mystery of it each time yeah. that you do it but um i think is that at least now i've got a general overview of of how things might unfold <laughs> i guess yeah yeah you know, and, those, and if i get stuck, three people yeah yeah if i get stuck how i can kind of get out of those ruts you know that you can get into sometimes you know yeah yeah so you feel like you've got a better balance now with that like being able to come to a situation and be thinking about the guitar you know is the, is the acoustic yeah, guitar I mean, well if, if if the time at the you know i need to think about the guitar i can think about the guitar and i can create an environment for me to having having thought about it in the past i 
prepared an environment where I can flourish a bit more. Yeah, yeah. And do yeah. my thing a bit more, you know, because I, yeah, and that, uh, some, sometimes it's just thinking about stuff like that, you know, how have you already spoken to the engineers in the studio and figured out how you're going to set up and how that's going to best facilitate the recording because yeah, that's yeah. what a producer does, you know. Yeah. And yeah, have you thought yeah. about instrumentation and have you thought about structure and dynamic shaping and textural variety to give kind of, I don't know, some momentum to the arrangement because that's what a composer does. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, yeah, all yeah. of those things yeah. happen prior to any recording or performances or whatever. So it's kind of knowing yeah. when when and where those things need to need to happen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. But it's it's very much a personal take on it. You know, it's not the right way to do it necessarily. It's just what I've observed that I need to do and that if I do do it, it makes everything better and easier and more fun. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you're not just, you know, sat staring at Pro Tools going with an empty thing ever. You know, you've always got ideas and you can see on my wall, I'll show you so. Yeah. Uh, can you see that? Oh yeah. In fact, I'll just flip it around. I don't know why. It's such a luddite sometimes. Okay. Oh, you can click. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but well, you can't see very well because it's dark. But you know, I have like post-it notes where I make notes of things, and I've kind of tried to just organise my brain a bit now. You know, rather than it yeah. being all in your head, just kind of trying yeah, to figure it out yeah. a bit. And for each composition that I'm working on, I'll definitely have a next step that I need to do, and or I might write right. like structural ideas out or. You know, it was stuff that I would never have thought of in the past. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I do it all on my phone on notes or I just yeah. just, just note everything. I always I always think, Oh I remember and I know now that I don't remember. See I remember yeah. ridiculous things like, you know, in ni- two thousand and one we were whatever doing whatever in this whatever. But <laughs> when I've got to remember about I was working on the computer today and I've got to I wanted to change a piano part in the out chorus, you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, when I hear it, I'll remember. And I come up here and I start doing something else. It's like I won't remember. You just got, yeah, but you've got it, to I think it's, it that, it's that workflow thing, isn't it? And not or workflow is like the wrong thing because I think some sometimes that you just get inspiration, don't you? And you, you yeah, know, I, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. I like that word often. You know, I think you know, but but distraction, I, guess, I call it. <laughs> yeah, but like your brain, it, it just figures stuff out, doesn't it? When you're not thinking about yeah. the thing that you want to think about. You know, sure. and yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the idea just pops into your head, and it's like there's the answer. You don't need to worry about it. You know, you've got the thing that yeah. you need to do. So it's like, yeah. how can you kind of um, make a note of that in whatever format that you need to make a note of it as? And yeah, I think we've got so much technology around us. It's really easy. You know, I'm writing this solo acoustic guitar album at the moment, and mm. um, yeah. My next question, by the way, what are you doing at the moment? <laughs> Lo- yeah, loads of stuff. I mean, yeah, um, so that's what I'm doing mostly. I'm focusing on that and then uh, doing some, just been recording Rich's new album kind of remotely, yeah. uh, right. recording at home, and he's yeah. in London, and so we have kind of Zoom or Skype or whatever, and then he's listening to the audio out of my DOW via the magic yeah. of the internet. Um, yeah, so it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good way of working, and Doing mm. stuff with Mark, my supervisor, well, ex-supervisor. Now yeah, back yeah. to being musician friends again. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, nice, he's a nice guy. I remember meeting lovely him. Lovely dude, yeah. Great musician. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah um, 
and then working, producing an album for a singer called Anna in Manchester. Um, and we, yeah, we were kind of getting on with the new breath album until all of this uh, madness started. And um, yeah, can't obviously can't really. And Rainer's just had a baby as well, just so had it's a baby. Yeah. hard to kind yeah. of do anything without actually just buzzing around to her house for a couple of hours in the afternoon or whatever. So that can't yeah. really do that at the minute, but. No. Uh, there's other things that we're breath are up to, so that'll just keep us ticking over until we can get together again. Yeah. yeah. Did you have Did you have quite a lot of was there sort of gigs and stuff planned, or were you just moving on to the and next? Yeah, we, we had quite a lot of gigs. Yeah. Did you right? Like a good twenty odd gigs or something that were this year, which have had to be moved. So. Right. And they've just been postponed. Are they just been put back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a few festivals, so I don't know what's going to happen with those. But um, yeah. I mean. I think realistically there's not many gigs going to happen this year. I mean, everyone, we are getting, you know, gigs are getting shifted to September, October, November, but yeah, yeah. they might also, they might get shifted again. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, yeah. it's just such a bit of an unknown quantity at the minute, isn't it? But, um, yeah, yeah. But cool, you know, we're in a very privileged position, aren't we? We are. Being in, uh, being in the country that we are, you know, for all of its faults, it's got a, you know... Oh, quite massively, you know, secure uh, compared to the majority of the world, aren't we? You know, yeah, socially, privileged, particularly, yeah, you know, yeah. We don't think about it, but we are extremely privileged. Yeah, totally. To be, you know, in this society, really. So. Yeah, well, people take it yeah. massively for granted, and at the moment, I think people realise that. Right, it's easy to, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what you used to. But, um, yeah, yeah, which is which is actually a good thing if you're kind of used to that level of security and whatever then that that means you're not mm. looking over your shoulder all the time you know worrying you know x y or z's going to happen or and uh yeah it definitely does feel like there's a sense of community you know bigger wider community and uh, people are saying hello or just letting onto you in the street a lot more yeah yeah, you know, yeah i've noticed that just people just you know you do you know everyone's kind of keeping separate but yeah. everyone's like smiling and talking to each other a bit more it's lovely yeah. you know there's a real Everyone's freaked out. Everyone's totally you know, everyone, freaked out. Like, that things of like everyone needs to connect again to feel like yeah. some sense of connection with humanity, you know, their local community or other people or whatever, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think I've really noticed that. Yeah, 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 people just yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But um. So you yeah so um anything. I I wrote something here. Anything to sell. <laughs> So have oh, you got, yeah, um, what what have you got that you could uh, you know point people towards because it's like I mean just get on Spotify I think selling is a trying to sell music to people is like um, I don't know I don't even I can't think of a good metaphor but it's the most stupid thing you know it, it's hard I, to, it, yeah, it's yeah. just this and pointless isn't it you know it's, the technology exists so you don't really need to sell it anymore you can just offer it up as a bit of a yeah you know if you if you got Something you know, you want something to listen to, check out my music on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuart McCallum, uh, uh, or The Breath. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, all of the usual social media outlets, yes. you can find us on those. <laughs> and I won't bore you with the yeah, yeah. <laughs> taglines, yeah. but I think it's The Breath Music, I think, on most I think of the it socials. Is, yeah. And yeah, on Instagram. Stuart McCallum Music. Stuart McCallum on, music yeah. on Instagram, it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, the, I, I, to be honest, that. I guess we're lucky, aren't we, that we've got kind of like a a job. This is what I was... You know, was, I've got a similar yeah. position to you. Very, I, yeah, you know, actually, and, bizarrely enough, we've ended up. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, we don't necessarily need to. We have that to fall back on, I guess. You know, in the kind of current climate of how of how difficult it is to make money out of your own music. Um, yeah. But I feel like the digital age really offers opportunity of like, so like put even putting out a CD, yeah. you know, where the label presses up two thousand copies and they want you to sell those CDs, you know, it's that's hard. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, and yeah, I guess yeah. stuff you know, like something like the breath, you know, that's that works a lot better because there's a whole label and there's a team of people and there's management and there's an agent and there's gigs yeah. and. You know, there's a lot of people making that whole thing kind of work when it's all you, mm. which is a lot of what I do. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm getting shit off everyone. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, when well, you, you do know? it on your own, and yeah. it's just like, actually, if you just do it digitally, it costs the label, well, they pay to do artwork and a bit of PR, and um, I don't even know what the deal is with the distributor. I guess they just get a percentage the distributor. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. There's hardly any cost no, no. to it, and then you just put it out, and then you know a few of my tracks have gotten some nice playlists, so I'm doing all right out of the digital world. Yeah, on the spot, on Spotify. Made more money out of out of Spotify than I have out of CDs. Yeah. you know, in the Stuart McCallum world. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I think you know vinyl and stuff. People like to buy that, don't they? And they do. I think over time, when I've I've done two solo acoustic EPs, I've got another solo acoustic album, so maybe I'll do like a compilation vinyl of the popular tracks or something you know it's kind of something i've thought about doing and kind of do a limited run and signed copies yeah, and yeah great so i mean i think you, you can be smart about how you try and make money you know yeah oh for but, sure um, yeah i mean that's, yeah it sounds like if you <coughs> people forget that these income streams have developed outside uh, sales haven't they you know oh, for, yeah and outside of gigs and i think you know that um Things the one of the things that this coronavirus has definitely taught musicians is you've got to have some other income streams than gigs. You know, you need to have diversification sure. in the way that you're generating income yeah, because yeah. if you just depend on one thing when that's gone, you know, you are screwed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel very blessed. And, and I feel, yeah, I feel really feel for a lot of my friends Likewise, and stuff. You know, it's yeah. difficult times for them. Mm. You know, and um. Yeah, it's just, it's not like I make loads of money out of no. <laughs> music, really. So, you know, it's kind of, it's good to know that, I don't know. Anyway, digital's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we've got a bit. No. I don't no, know. No. Just started it's... meandering into some delirious, need to go to sleep kind of gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not big, yeah, yeah. yeah, you've got children, so you can't become nocturnal. I've my 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 no. better half is, she's normally like up really early, and she's been sort of pushing the nocturnal button. I yeah, so it's like like we'll be watching like telly, you know, watching some box set because we've sort of done that thing in the day where I we're keeping out of each other's way, working, and I come up here. <laughs> And she's got her stuff she's doing. She's lost a lot of work because she's an examiner for Trinity and all that stuff's gone. So, uh, right. so she's got no work this year probably. But she's she's all right and we're right. all right, you know. And yeah, but she's yeah. doing other things. She's trying to like you. She's trying to develop um, like online things, totally different stuff. But it's sort of like music based mm. things. And uh, and she's yeah. teaching at home. And all of her students, because she goes away examining, they all do lessons on FaceTime anyway. So they're all yeah. used to this kind of FaceTime lesson thing so that's all carry on as normal yeah, yeah. 
but um, yeah, was sort of I'm up here in the day, and it's just you know working and practicing, which is great, and writing a bit of music, mm-hmm. and then obviously I'm still at work, so I had a week off this week, which yeah. has been nice, and. Yeah. Um, but then in the evenings we're sort of yeah getting watching the telly together again, which we haven't done for like two years, you know. Mm. Which uh, but the the yeah yeah eleven o'clock becomes midnight becomes one, because we don't have yeah. kids and you know obviously you do so you you have brutal yeah. o'clock every morning I bet still, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> five five a.m. six a.m. Sort of. It's not that bad anymore. It's not that six. Ah, oh, so. that's. Yeah, so it's six. So it's light. Six. At least yeah, it's light. It's now, a gentle it? light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. I think the the difference is it's not like get up and then oh stretch out a bit. Yeah. No, oh, just have a little potter around. Yeah, it's like about, yeah, a bit of a... go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty much, it's just like game yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, from the second you're out of bed, but you know, it's it's a lovely thing. But yeah, it's just yeah. yeah. I I had my lions. You know. Sure. I, not lions. I used to go to bed at six in the morning, get up at yeah, one until yeah. I was about twenty eight. Yeah, something. me too. Yeah, I've done all yeah. that. It's great, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> it was good, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of, It was good, and it wasn't good. I yeah, think, it was yeah, terrible. Psychologically, maybe not no, great, but not. <laughs> just for getting practicing and doing gigs and feeling all fresh. You know, you know, when you're doing this third set on a gig from like. 11 till 12 you yeah. just feel old fresh as a daisy yeah yeah, yeah. well I was telling somebody just gonna... we, when we used to do that we used to do that gig at the very very occasion and we used to do that gig at. In yeah, yeah yeah I was telling somebody about that about a few weeks ago yeah leave leave. I love that gig yeah leave Manchester at 8.30pm 8.30pm drive try and park up <laughs> to do a gig that yeah night. park up for the free parking outside the venue at midnight yeah at yeah. midnight yeah Get walk yeah. into the venue when the when the main band or whatever that were playing ten till midnight are leaving, and yeah, then yeah. set up. Then start setting up <laughs> to play it like what quarter past one or something. That's one. And then yeah. Finish for door two, money. For door money. And yeah. We, yeah. And then we drive home. We used to do all right at that gig, and then yeah, let's just drive home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah, you used to do all right. Yeah, just yeah. me and you, the computer, yeah, those tunes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, that almost killed me. That yeah, gig. me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, back to the. There's the one time where you were because you were in Leeds then, weren't you? And, yeah. Um, I think I'd driven to Leeds and then you drove to Edinburgh and then yeah. I and then got back to Leeds and then had, had to get in the car and drive. I was just like, oh my yeah, god, yeah. not sure how. <laughs> might have gone via Derby, I think. <laughs> yeah, you had this great idea, and I was like, it's not yeah. a great idea when I've got back to Leeds <laughs> at six a.m. and you've got to still drive to Manchester. But oh, I'll go with get, it, you know. Yeah. And then walk straight into a baby being thrown at me, probably. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. Well, not thrown, yeah, you know, yeah, past, past gently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those you'd always get get home and go, yeah, you think you've had it tough. You... I've been up with them all night. That's right, yeah, yeah. 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 You say, I've been up with Dave all <laughs> night. Uh... Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different kind of child. Yeah, Jesus. Hardly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Great, well, I think it's probably... It's a good time to. I think we've have we maxed out. Have we meet, done the record of the longest I one? I think we peaked. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was. I was always hoping yeah. that these ones would be. Uh, would be a bit longer than the. Because you know, I mean, you can only go on rambling on yourself. So like, I did. I did an hour and a half one once on my own, which was, God. It's amazing. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. Well, somebody was. Yeah. I just. You just talk. You know. It's just uh, yeah. it, the 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 thing that's like this week was really funny because I didn't do one this week. I had a week off, 
because I've because I've had a week off work and I just thought well, I'll have a week off and I thought I'd speak to you and we get this done. Well, it's just that thing yeah. of you know thinking. Am I have I got anything else to say? <laughs> you know at all about how you melt yourself dry. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like thinking I've already talked. I've already talked about. I remember I'm just saying that I'm just saying the old the same episode again in a different order. You know. But um, but it's the new thing that I... I've always found them very informative and I've always definitely taken stuff out of them. That right. So, yeah, and I, I've used it in my, you know, when I'm teaching and it's been really great. Great, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just see it as like, a, it's like an archive, isn't it, really? You just, you know, yeah. you sort of write, I don't write anything down, so this is a better way for me to kind of archive where I am at the moment, which is going to change, you know, mm. everything changes, doesn't it, mm. with learning... It's a di- constantly a fluid process, yeah. <laughs> Change is the only constant. That's and all right, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. No resting on your laurels, etc. That's it. But the thing is, you're like you're following your nose, and yeah. you're going with your instincts, doing what feels like the right thing to do, and yeah. you know that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So and the, and the, yeah. Follow your router. <laughs> Follow your router. Yeah, the teaching <laughs> thing definitely <laughs> felt like for me when like 2006 felt like the right time to really get into that kind of world you know it's the right kind of age and age and an experience like and you know you need yeah. to you need to have been there and done it to kind of be able to talk about I think it so. yeah especially the practical side of things so yeah 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 which is what we're teaching isn't it mostly yeah you know, that's what we do in it yeah practitioners practitioners yeah right. yes Aye. brilliant well thanks a lot mate yeah lovely to speak yeah to you. you too and nice to see you um, yeah, you too. The yeah. Old, um, FaceTime vibe on while we've been doing it. Oh shit! I didn't press record. <laughs> Only joking. Uh. Right, I'm gonna count count from four, and we'll clap, and then we'll. Uh, I've got really? list, I've got oh, some no. questions yes. here. I've got to ask you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's he say? Influences early years. That's Manchester. Sit yourself down comfortably. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still here at four a.m. So. Did you, press, yeah. did you press record? Oh, Dave, I forgot to press record again. <laughs> so there you go. That was um, a great kind of hour and a half, or hour and 45, chatting about all kinds of stuff. Hope you enjoyed that. A bit different, something different than normal. But, so I'm going to try and do a few more of these. I've uh, got a few other people lined up. So um, next week will probably be just back to the normal format. But until then, uh, thanks for listening and uh, bye for now.